the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of the fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the ending of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire right wisely concerning this. Really, we'd like to think about verse number 7. But you know, several times through this uh, chapter, we find things that naturally, they don't look like they'd be better, do they? Listen to what he says. Verse 1, A good name is better than precious ointment. The day of one's death is better than the day of your birth. Better to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of the fool. Better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. How could that be? You know, we're all coming to this, verse 7, better is the end of a thing. Are we coming to an end? We are all... You can avoid it. You can try to put, take your mind away from it. But we're coming to an end. Now, think about Solomon. He's come to this late in life through the book of Proverbs, and he'll tell us all through this book of Ecclesiastes all the things that he tried a lot of them were foolish. You know what he said about all of them? They were vanity. They were all vanity. Everything under the sun is vanity. It really is. How can it be better in the end than the beginning? How can it be better in the day of death than the day of one's birth? Because all of this world is vanity. You know, it's, it's not going to amount to anything. The only thing that will matter. You know, I, I, I heard twice this week 
or twice, I guess, in the last week and a half. No, both in this week. A man 70 years old, I mentioned him several times, he's been in a hospital since the 31st of October. He said to me this week, Greg, I realize how vain that my life has been. A good man. A Christian man. But you know, he said, I've spent my life working and working and trying to have and to do. And he said, it's all vain. He said, except for what you do for the Lord, it's all vain. And another man, now that man was 70. Another man that's in his early 30s. Been sick all week. He went out, got to feeling a little better and went out on Friday and he said, you know, I went out and I thought to myself, the world went on just like I wasn't even here. It's all vanity, isn't it? I don't say that to be doom and gloom about the world we live in, but that we might think about what's important. That we might think about Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You know, you think about a child coming into this world. Is that good? Well, you know, for a mother and daddy, it's a glorious and a wonderful day, isn't it? But there's a child that's exposed to all of the wickedness and all the ungodliness, all the disappointments, all the sin, all the trouble, all the sorrow of this world. It's unsaved. But you know, if that child, if that man, if that woman, if they're saved and they come down to the end, Paul said it was better. Oh, he said in in Philippians, he said, I'm in a great strait betwixt two. He said, if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. I'm in a great strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Christ, which is far better. What was he looking forward to? He was looking forward to dying. He was looking forward to the end. He was looking forward to the conclusion. What, what, how could he do that? His focus was in a different place than most people. It really was. You know, his focus was, well, if I die, it's going to be far better and he had a desire. What about somebody having a desire to die? You know something? It'll be the grace of God when we come to that day, won't it? Won't that be the grace of God? That would bring us to the place that we would be willing, that we would desire to leave this world. Paul said, I'm in a great strait betwixt two. He said, I'm pulled both ways. Having a desire to go on and to be with Christ which is far better. Would you think that tonight? Would you think tonight that it would be far better to die? You're going to leave your husband, leave your wife, leave your children, leave your grandchildren, leave all the enjoyments of this life. Would, would it really be better? Could, could you do that? I tell you, God brings us to an end that we want to do that. God brings us to a place that this flesh 
and this body that we have, He brings us to the place that we're willing, and I believe you can even get to the place that you would desire to leave this body of death. Paul said, I'm in a great strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Preacher, I don't believe that. Well, that's what the apostle wrote, and, 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 and uh, Solomon writes this, It is better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting. It's better that the precious ointment, it's a better that the day of death and the day of one's birth, it's better. You think about life, you know, you're brought into this world, and as we're brought in, you know what we're brought in? To die. But when we're brought to the end, we're brought to a place to live everlastingly. We're brought to a place of no more sorrow, no more affliction, no more trouble, no, no more disappointment, no more sin, no more devil. It's better, isn't it? Wouldn't that be better? Oh, the psalmist or the, the writer here is saying, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So as you think about this, what had Solomon come to? Solomon come to this, that in chapter number 12 he says this, let us hear the conclusion, let us hear the termination, let us hear the end of the whole matter. Now here's a man, the greatest riches, the greatest wisdom, the greatest opportunity for sin, the greatest opportunity for sex, the greatest opportunity for women, greatest opportunity for all of the riches of this world, and God still allowed him to have his wisdom in the end, and he come to this, that all of it is vanity. I've come, this is the conclusion, the conclusion of the whole matter, this is the end, this is a terminus, this is the ultimate truth, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And duty is added by the translator. And in my opinion, this right here is a mistake. I believe this is what it ought to say. Fear God and keep His commandment, for this is the whole of man. This is what will make you happy. This is what will make you complete. It's not duty... Oh, I tell you, it's not duty to fear God and keep His commandments. It's, it's happiness. It's joy. It's fulfillment. It is the greatness and the goodness of God that you and I would do that. I tell you what it'd be. It'd be better for us. We would have a better end. You might look and you might say, well, I, I just don't know about that. You know, it, it looks like there's a lot of trouble and I realize if we just look at it today, you know something, you, you, don't, you don't see the whole picture, do we? But you look at the end, you, you can have a, a clearer judgment then, can't you? You can have a clearer judgment. As you think about Solomon, Solomon come to the end, he had a clearer judgment than he had when he was a young man. He started out good. He did. He started out good. He started out following the Lord. He feared the Lord. But you know, as he got older, he went away from that. He was led away by women. 
he was led, led away by, by the affections of the heart. And to keep his women happy, he built gods for them, built houses of God for them, worshipped other gods, was led away from God. But you know something? The Lord let him, let him come back to Himself in the end and write something down for you and I that we might not go down that road. It's going to be a mistake. For me to leave God. It's going to be a mistake. You know, he says better is the end. It's not the beginning. It's not the middle. But I tell you, it's all the way through. How shall we end? How shall my life end? Will my life end and it be better? Or will my life end and it be worse? You know something? If we leave this world and we don't know the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the pardon of sin, the very best that there is in this world will be no comparison to what we could have if we went to heaven. And the very worst that there is in this world will be no comparison to how bad that it will be when we leave this world. You might say, well... Uh, 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 my, my, my family member has suffered for the last five months, the last two months, the last year with cancer and chemo and, and they've wasted away and they're just a skeleton and they're sick and been sick almost every day and, 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 and it, it's awful. Are you wanting them to go on? Do you think that if they leave here that they'll be better off? Not if they're not saved, they won't be better off. It'd be better for them to spend the next ten years suffering. It'd be better for them to have ten more years of chemo and throw up every day of their life than it would be to leave this world lost and undone and to go out to meet God. It will not be better. But if it's going to be better, I tell you, it'll be because of God. It'll be because of the Lord Jesus. It'll be because of a new birth. It'll be because there's been a change that'll be better. So, Ecclesiastes come to this, that it was better at the day of one's death. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. So as you think about a few men... Think about Job. You know, it looked like Job had a wonderful beginning, didn't he? In the middle, the devil was turned loose with, on him. And the devil took away everything that he had. And you know, it would seem like, it would seem like if we looked at the latter part of this verse right here, he says, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. You know where Job was? I tell you, Job was a man that was humbled and brought to depend upon the Lord. Job was a man that depended. He wasn't angry with God. He didn't rise up against God. When the devil took everything that he had, you know something? He didn't attribute that to the devil. He attributed that to God. He said, God giveth and God taketh away. And as you look at Job, you might look at his life in chapter number 6 or chapter number 9 or chapter number 12 or chapter number 32, and you might think, well, it really looks like a bad deal how to serve God. But I'll tell you, in chapter number 42, God blessed his latter end, and it was better in the end than it was in the beginning. Uh, Job was better in the end, and I'll tell you what was, God was 
exalted in the end by the life of Job uh, than he was in the beginning. God said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? Have you looked at him? Have you known? Have you realized that I've got a man that escheweth evil? A man who is upright? And you know what? God said, you touch him. He'll curse you to your face is what the devil said. But I tell you, God Almighty allowed the devil to touch everything that he had, even touch his own body. And in the end, Job was better in the end. Now, I don't know how long, but there was a long space between chapter 1 and chapter 42. I can't leave out those 41 chapters in between. I can't leave that out, can I? My life and your life, if it's going to be better in the end, I believe we're going to have to be like Job and we're going to have to follow through. James writes it like this. He says, James chapter number 5 and verse number 11 Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and you have seen the end of the Lord. <laughs> Who is bringing all this about? You say, well, it was the devil. No, it wasn't. It was God. It was God. It was God who was in control. It was God who brought Job through all of that. It was God who allowed the devil to be turned loose on him. And it was God, uh, by the Word of God, and it was God. Yea, you have heard of the patience of Job. That's the latter part of this verse. Uh, And the patient in spirit is better than the proud. You know what the proud does? Uh, The proud is dependent upon self. Job wasn't dependent upon self. Job was dependent upon the Lord. His wife said, why don't you curse God and die? And Job said, you talk like a foolish woman. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And you have seen that the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. There's a man that had a better end than the beginning. How about Joseph? How about the man Joseph? You know, his, his beginning, it looks terrible, doesn't it? I mean, he's his daddy's favorite boy. There ain't no question about that. He's a son in his father's old age. And his brothers hate him because of it. They're jealous, and he probably plays into that as well. But you know, here's Joseph, sold into slavery, put in prison, lied on, forgotten, and they meant it for evil. They meant to destroy Joseph. But you know what God meant? God meant it for good. God meant for the end of Joseph to be better than the beginning. God meant for the end that Joseph, who was God's man, who was God's son, who was a child that was after the will and after... And again, I don't believe you could leave out 
I don't believe you could leave out being sold into slavery. I don't believe you could be leave out being in prison. All of that time, I believe that God was working on him that he might have a heart to be forgiving. How could he love them brothers? You might not see it that way. But you know, he toyed with them, didn't he? Yet, in his toying with them, he brought them to the place of their guilt. In the end, Joseph was better than the beginning. In the end, Joseph was a man that supplied and opened all the storehouses. In the end, Joseph provided for all of Egypt and Joseph provided for all of his family. In the end, Joseph was better than the beginning. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. You may look at the beginning of it, and I, I, I tell you, we might be, if we just get that picture, we might be fooled. We might very well be fooled about how things really are. But as you think about, what, what about Pharaoh? How about Pharaoh's end? Look at the flip side now. Here's Pharaoh, the mighty emperor, the mighty man, the one who said, who is God? Who is this God? I don't know this God. Who is this God that I should let you go? I tell you, in the end, ladies and gentlemen, the purposes of God were carried out. And it looks like that in the beginning, Pharaoh had it better. In the beginning, it was better for Pharaoh. But in the end, I tell you, it was worse. In the end, here is a man who does not know God. Who is the Lord that I should let you go? I tell you this, he's going to know the Lord before it's over. Though he's going to be drowned in the sea, though his army is going to be destroyed, though Egypt is going to be brought down to shambles, he started with a great beginning and he ended with a catastrophe. He says this, how about the humble? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in the end. Is that better? Oh, I tell you, it'd be better for me to humble myself now than it would be for God to humble me in the end. First Peter chapter 5 or chapter 4. First Peter, I've said it pretty close maybe, but he says this, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. You know, there's an end coming. There's an end coming. And if I, will, if I will be humble, it may not look too good in the beginning. But I tell you, in the end, it'll be better. In the end, it'll be better, Anthony. I may have to humble myself right now under the mighty hand of God. What about Job? What about Job when ten children are taken in a day? Every bit of his wealth is gone. His children are gone. And a man who did not accuse God. 
What an humble, humble man this is. What a man that would say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He was exalted. In the end, it was better. We think about Moses. You look at Moses. And you know, here's Moses. Raised up in Pharaoh's house. Acquainted with all of the things that had to do with Egypt. He left that place. Went down into the desert. Went down on the backside of the desert. Was a sheep keeper. Was a shepherd. Saw God on the backside of the desert comes down to deliver God's people out of Egypt. You know what they said? Moses, you've made it worse on us. Since you've been here, you've made our life more miserable. You've brought more toil. You've made Pharaoh's taskmasters mad at us. Moses, you're making life miserable for us. But I tell you, by the time that the last plague comes to Egypt, not only is Moses exalted, the God of Moses is exalted. And I tell you, it may look like Moses is dragging the bottom, but I tell you, when they go out of Egypt, Egypt is worshiping Moses. I don't believe that in the wrong way, but they have a reverence for him. Pharaoh's got a reverence for him. The children of Israel has a reverence from here for him. I tell you, it's better for Moses in the end than it was the beginning. It was better for the children of Israel in the end than it was in the beginning. Though they went through the ten plagues, though the taskmasters made it hard on them, though they endured, and though they had all of the trouble and the sorrow in Egypt, in the end it was better. I tell you, to be a child of God, it's better. It may not look like it right now, but in the end, it'll be better. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. What about David's beginning? David is anointed. David is anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. But you know... For five, six, seven years, he's running and hiding. He's in the caves. He's in the mountains. He's, uh, he, he's in the lonely places. He is in the places and it looks like uh, to be a child of God, to be someone that God has anointed and God has chosen, it looks like that it's far worse to be there. But I tell you, in the end, it was better. I got to get to the end to see all the better, don't I? Can I see all the better right now? Paul says this to, I believe he says it in Corinthians. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But you know, when I come to the end, it's going to be better. Right now, it may be miserable in a lot of ways. Right now, it may be that the world is hard against us. Right now, the devil may convince you that it's not worth it. But I'll tell you in the end, it'll be better. 
So there's Paul. What about Paul? What about the Apostle Paul? I tell you, his life looks like this. His life looks like this, and down to the bottom, and back up, and down again. Paul looks like his life is starting out great, doesn't it? But you know where he's at? He's on the wrong side of God. He's fighting against the Lord Jesus. He is against the church. He is a persecutor and a blasphemer. It looks like Paul's got his best life right now. It looks like Paul is really prospering. But on the Damascus Road, I'll tell you what happened. How Paul came down and Paul came down out of a place that he, he humbled himself and God Almighty brought him down to that place and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And friend, you know, what his life began to be better. But it began to be worse too, didn't it? From the Damascus Road to Timothy chapter number 4, between the Damascus Road and the end, it don't look better, does it? Does it? Beaten five times? Shipwrecked, a night and a day in the sea, beaten with rods, stoned to death, left for dead. It doesn't look better, does it? But I tell you, in the end, it was better. Praise God in the end. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished. You know what he did? Praise God, he come to the end of his course and he said, it's better. We get the wrong picture because we don't see it all. I tell you where you can see it all. Look in the lids of God's book. Bury your mind and your face and your thinking in God's book because there's an end. There's an end coming. Right now it may not look better to serve God. Right now it may not look like the better thing. Right now to the flesh it looks like a trouble and a sorrow and a, and a displeasure and a tribulation and a persecution and no enjoyment for the flesh. But let me tell you, in the end it will be better. We're going. We are headed toward an end. We are headed toward a definite end. An end without question. What kind of end do you think God wants for His people? Look at Christ. Look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Him on the cross. Terrible, isn't it? Absolutely terrible. But that's not the end. That looks like the end, but that's not the end. That might be the end for me. But that wasn't the end for Him. On Sunday morning, He arose from the dead. Praise God, the end of the cross was better. And you know who's bettered by it? I was better by His death on the cross. I've been brought into the family of God by His death on the cross. When He died on the cross, God was satisfied for my sin and your sin. I'm better because He died on the cross. But thank God He didn't stay there. He said, I am He that liveth and was dead. And behold, look here. I'm alive forevermore. I'm better. He's better now than He was when He was walking on the face of the earth, walking on the water. He's better now than then.
What a Savior. His blood speaketh better things than that of Abel. <laughs> Abel's blood called from the ground for vengeance. Jesus' blood called for grace and mercy. The blood of the Lamb of God was a better offering. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ speaketh better things than that of Abel. Thank God the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ cries out unto God the Father and says, Father, forgive him. He does not know what he's doing. Father, forgive him. I died for him. Father, bring him in. I paid the debt for him. I paid the ransom. Praise God. It's a better salvation. In the end... It's better. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning. How about the Christian? The Christians stomped on. The Christians mocked. The Christians made fun of. The Christians made light of. The Christian has tried to be made a fool of. That's now. But in the end, it'll be better. In the end, I'll have a better resurrection. You remember that? That's in there. It's in there. There was some of them had their dead raised. There was some of them was delivered from the lion's mouth. There was some of them raised from the dead. And there were others there were others. There were others that went through great trials. There were others that were sawed asunder. There were others, a friend, that went through great trials and tribulation that they might have a better resurrection. They had a better end. Better is the end of a thing. Matthew chapter 7, a very familiar Scripture. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. You know, it looks like it looks like this, this broad way and this wide gate, that looks like the better way, doesn't it? I mean, it looks like it looks like the majority is on that way. There's many going in that way. Uh, the most are going in that way, and it's not so restrictive. You know, I I, I just think that that you, you, you folks just think it. You you you're too narrow-minded. You got it narrowed down too much. God is not that. God is not that narrow. I'll tell you this, friend. That may not look too appealing to you right now, but let me tell you this. At the end, friend, it'll be good. It'll be better to go through the narrow gate. It'll be better to go through the straight gate and down the narrow way. It'll be better to be conformed and be constrained by the love of God. You may be going with a crowd, but I'll tell you, in the end, it'll be better to be with the people of God. The beginning of the easy way looks better, don't it? That looks better. Looks better. For me to just have some outward religiosity, some outward profession, nothing to check me, nothing to correct me, nothing to 
confine me, nothing to bring me into conformity. I tell you, in the end, the end of that road is destruction. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. How many men we got here today? How many of mankind are here tonight? There's a way that seemeth right unto you. But the end thereof are the ways, plural, of death. Will it be better? I'll tell you what it'll be. It'll be destruction. Every man's got his own way figured out. Everybody's got their own way. There's a way that seemeth right. I mean, it appears to be the right way. If I think about it logically, it seems to be the right way. But when I think about it spiritually, and when I look at the end, and when I look at the history, when I look at the whole book, when I look at all of it, you know what I find? I find that there is no way for me to reach God, to please God, how to be accepted with God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a way that seemeth right, but the end. You see, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. He says to us in Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah 29, Thus saith the Lord, after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Well, that's wonderful, ain't it? that God has an expected end for His people. I believe you could say this. In Matthew chapter 7, there's a multitude of people that's going to stand before the Lord and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we go to church? Lord, weren't we baptized? Lord, weren't we faithful? Didn't we work in the church? Lord... I'm one of yours. You know what he's going to say? I never knew you. I never knew you. That's the end. You know what that is? That's an unexpected end. God would like to give us an expected end. How could I know what to expect from God? I'll tell you in His book. By His guidelines, by new birth, by the witness of the Holy Spirit, by the end, you know what He says? If I could think of it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Any hope of glory without Christ in you? No, there's not. If you have not the Spirit, you are none of His. You think having the Holy Spirit's optional today, don't you? I'm I'm saved. You're not saved without the indwelling Spirit of God. 
You're not saved without God's Spirit working on you to bring you to salvation. And you're not saved and coming to salvation and trust in the Lord Jesus and Him leave you without the Spirit of God. But here is the people that have come to an unexpected end. But you know what God said? God said, I, I, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Uh, not of evil to give you thoughts of peace. Not of evil to give you an expected end. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be good to have an end that we were in expectation of? But folks, I cannot get away from Matthew chapter 7 where there was a multitude... Anthony's got a line in the play. Are there few that be saved? Strive to enter in. For when the master get up and shuts the door, there's nobody else going to get in. That's the end, friend. And you know something? The end that you were expecting, that's not the way it's going to be. We're going to come to an unexpected end. Oh, better is the end of a thing than the beginning. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning and the patient in spirit better than the proud in spirit. In Numbers chapter number 23, you know what Balaam said? Balaam looked over Jacob and looked over Israel. And he said, oh, that my end might be like theirs. You know, when we come down to die, we'd like to have what the church has got. Right now, we're not interested in that. Balaam wasn't really interested in that, but the Spirit of God moved upon him. And in 23.10, Numbers 23.10, let me read it. Numbers chapter 23 and verse number 10. Here is Balaam looking out over Israel. And as he sees him, who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like his. I'll read one more verse and we'll hush. I have seen the wicked in a great power. Psalm 37, verse 35. And spreading himself like a green bay tree. This green bay tree, what that really means is it's an it's a evergreen that's flourishing in its native habit, habitat. It's not a transplant. You know, you might, you might go to Florida and dig up a, a palm tree and try to bring it up here and grow it in North Carolina. It ain't going to do too good. You might try to get an orange tree and bring it up here. It's not going to make it. But this green bay tree, you know what it's doing? It's thriving in its own environment. Look how the psalmist says this. I have seen the wicked. Right now it looks like, friend, that everything's going my way. Here I am unsaved. Here I am on the road to hell. Here I am without God and no interest in God. You know what I'm doing? I'm thriving in my native soil. That's the way man is. He's thriving. But listen, 
Yet I passed, yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. He's surprised. There's a great surprise here. I looked and I saw him, this man is gone. Yea, I saw him, but I could not, he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, and the end of the wicked shall be cut off. Anything on your heart you'd like to say or do?